how do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley. I have a very, very special guest on with me today. I have Francois Gouet. He is the founder and CEO of Amelia, one of Quebec's fastest growing tech companies. On top of it, he was a former venture capitalist turned founder, which is cool. Can't wait to dig into that. And has over 25 years of experience investing in early stage software and internet companies. Totally different perspective this episode. We're going from funding to founder. I love the concept of it. Welcome, Francois. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for having me on your show. Very excited to uh, have the chance to participate and talk about my company and learn more about uh, you. Uh, really, really uh, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem, man. I love I loved our little rap session before. It's one of my favorite things that uh, I do with founders. Um, so, so why don't we give everybody, bring everybody up to speed, just a little bit about you and your background. So let's do a real quick revenue rundown. So where is Amelia in terms of ARR? Well, we're on the run rate uh, of around 16 million Canadian um, and uh, growing very rapidly. Obviously, the pandemic uh, reduced a bit uh, our, our growth, uh, but we continue to grow during the pandemic. And if you think about it, we're involved in two community organizations selling activities and membership. It was not the prime, <laughs> the prime place to be, but uh, but I think it speaks a lot to what it, we do. Um, so yeah, and we expect to increase that growth as we get out of pandemic because the need for digitization, uh, people interacting with organization without having to show up in person is just going to be more and more important. That's that's excellent. So that's a that's a great run rate. And so, what's your go to market strategy? Oh, that's a very uh, good question. It touched uh, many many aspects. Kind of, we do we do inbound and we do outbound because we started the company uh, gathering uh, taking care of the SMB. Mm-hmm. So think about the dance studio, an after school program, a, a gymnastic club. And um, and that's really uh, very difficult to have an outbound strategy with them because they tend not to be there, except when they're doing uh, classes. So it has to be inbound. So that's how we started the business, generating uh, traction to uh, content and, and marketing and having a, an inside sales organization closing deals. Uh, we do now have moved also up to the enterprise world where we're going after the YMCA, the GCC, the multi-sports complex, and the parks and recs. Very large organization. They, more lo- they, they look alike, more like a real, a, a real operation. You can reach out to, to people. So uh, we've built an outbound organization with SDR, and uh, we see uh, pretty good traction on that. It's working very well. Um, and um, it's rare that organizations do both. It's important for us due to the nature of uh, what we do. It's very local. So when I land a dance studio in a given uh, geography, uh, through word of mouth, uh, I'll get a gymnastic club. And then it's easier to go and reach out to the park and rec because they already have users in the community of the platform. So see, it, see the SMB as a way to kind of a beachhead strategy. And then we come on with, with our outbound organization. And then we continue as we get. So we're really strong in five 
five states, Colorado, Texas, California, uh, Illinois, and the fifth one, for sure, I will forget about it. So we're starting to focus more on that on our outbound. So calling all those uh, park and rec around the park and rec we've got in those. And it's it's a great, great strategy because we leverage the the uh, the, the community of people that uh, we have using the platform. And like I said, it's a different world in which we are. Community are not competitive like business. Uh, if they find something pretty good that can help their dance studio, they'll tell everyone, they'll tell the gymnastic studio, they'll tell the YMCA, uh, because they are all there to help the community versus in the, in the business world where um, you uh, you find something, you don't tell your competitor about it. It's, it's a head you want to keep. So we're doing all of that. And now going into 2022, 2023, we're going to start hiding two other components because the way the platform was built right from the get-go, it's community-driven. So yeah, I sell to them studio, I sell to all of those organizations, but the user is also my customer. So if you um, if you go to Grapevine, Texas, where there's that's one of our customers, well, they've uh, they've implemented Amelia. There's a store in the city website. There's 41,000 citizens on Amelia that has a Amelia account, and while the next logical step is to start creating a marketplace that's okay. very local and add other activity to it, um, and that will you know by itself help us a lot grow the business significantly. Uh, faster, so that's that's one aspect that we're starting to build. The second one is the ability to kind of decompose the platform, which is so so uh, powerful and big, into easier um, easier applications uh, to adapt to adopt. So if you think about your YMCA, uh, you've got that old technology. Uh, you know it, it's time for you to change, but it's very scary. It's complex. You don't have all the resources. You want to go online. You cannot with what you've got. I come in and I say, I put a media in, smart tech product. It will change your world. It will become Amazon. It's going to be crazy. Well, it's a bit scary as a proposal. We find customers that are crazy enough to do it or the other adapter. But we could probably take care of your camp registration and tell, tell them, well, start with Amelia on the camp side. You'll see, we'll uh, see how, what we mean by that. Much easier to adapt. Well, that's scary. So we're going to be decomposing the platform to do that. So a multi-prunch uh, approach, so we do <laughs> uh, in, 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 inbound, outbound, word of mouth, marketplace, product lab. Okay, yeah. A lot of different ways you're tackling that. So I, I love the um, the multi-prong approach. And obviously, you wouldn't have gotten to where you're at if if because um, it because that's a really unique market that you have too. So I can see where people wouldn't want to boil the ocean by tackling everything. So they just want a line of business function, which is really really typical in the enterprise space. So how big is your team in terms of uh, numbers? Well, we're 115 employees. Um, we're still very, very uh, invested in the product, so 35-something plus developer. Um, the go-to-market team is start, uh, we started to build it pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic uh, <laughs> happened, so we stopped. And we started back in maybe Q4 of this year. Um, so I've got uh, around 25 persons 
uh, split evenly between marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. But that's the part of the business we're growing. So we're looking to hire the, an amazing VP of marketing. We're looking to hire a VP of sales. Uh, we're going to be building the customer success management component. So anybody that listens to the podcast that thinks can, can bring uh, value to, the, to Amelia, make sure to connect with us. We're looking for talent. So we're growing there. We're looking for salespeople. We're looking for SDR. We're looking for marketing people. That's really at the stage where it's time for us to um, swing for the fence and, and capture that market. Well, I, I have some people I might be able to connect to too as well. So we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> so, um, okay, that's awesome. And congrats on your growth. And then last but not least, are you bootstrapped or funded? Kind of bootstrapped. Um, funny thing is like, like you said, I'm a VC turned entrepreneur. So I did not want to bring any institutional money into my company before before I was was capable of controlling the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 future of the company. So along the way, we've uh, I've raised a significant amount of money to me and my friends. Lucky enough, I've got some wealthy friends that were crazy enough to say, "You know what? I'm going to bet on your head and uh, go build that stuff." So, uh, but now we're at a stage where we're starting to look to bring our first social money. We're at a stage where, uh, you know, I'm not scared of, um, you know, um, dealing with those guys, which they have a purpose in life when you're really at a stage to accelerate everything. Uh, uh, keep in mind that I've put all I have into the company. So along the way, and my brothers and my friends. So I was always wanted to make sure that along the way I could create value and there will remain some for us. So we're at a stage now that I'm not scared of, you know, having a big chunk of money because I know I'm going to create a lot of value out of it. Right. That's awesome. And and I think that's a great jumping off point, Francois, because you have a really unique background. So how did you decide to make the shift from a VC to a founder? Because that's very uncommon. Like we spoke before, it's usually the opposite way around. Yeah. Well, um, my background is finance. Uh I started one of the first VC fund here in Montreal. I love the job because it means I had to interact with a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, the fun part of it, for sure. Then you have to pick, you know, analyze a, a, a play and say, oh, I think it's going to go in that direction, blah, blah, blah. Uh, really, really love it. But the reality is that you're not really in the action. Okay? You, yeah, you talk to your entrepreneur, you try to help them. And uh, at one point, you, you know, the success, the success I had, seriously, I had, uh, I was good at picking the right, the right horse, but I have nothing to do with that success, you know, other than I was there when they needed me, but uh, I wanted to, to, uh, to try something, uh, be, be in the action, play the game. Um, and, and honestly, I've made a lot of good bets, but on the worst, on the wrong horse, and it turns out pretty bad. And I said to myself, next time I'll bet on myself. And if uh, it turns bad, then I'll be the one. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be the one. And, and funny thing, I never thought I would become an entrepreneur. But wow, it's really fun. It's really fun. Wow, stressful, scary, <laughs> uh, but uh, I highly recommend to everybody to try it in their life. Worst case that will happen, you'll learn something and you'll find a job very easily afterwards. So I, we should all try it. Um, and, and, um, and I want to know, so maybe that's the last point. 
always have been seen as the unpolitical guy in an organization. Mm-hmm. So my, my VC partner would always say to people, don't send Francois to the UN because there will be war. <laughs> I'm, I'm black, I'm white in a sense that I, I'm not good. You know, if I think you're a moron, I'll tell you. If I think you're great, I'll tell you. <laughs> so I said, I want to do like a business where that's, that's the culture, where uh, people, it doesn't matter. I'm the CEO of fencing stuff that are, are crazy. I hope you're going to tell me you're full of shit, Francois. Because, <laughs> and that's how Amelia is working right now. Um, so, and, and having a lot of fun, right? These days, if you work seven hours a week, you better have a lot of fun because then yeah. being an entrepreneur is a life. It's, just a, it's a lifestyle. It's like owning a restaurant. If you own a restaurant, it's because you want to be in the restaurant seven days a week. Talk to the, the, the people that comes in. Now, now you develop a relationship with the people. You don't, you don't start a restaurant to stay at your home. If you don't start a business, you don't expect to work 35. I'm not working. I'm playing 70 hours a week. And in fact, I have difficulties, you know, stopping yeah. working. That's common. I mean, I think everybody does because you're like, I do the same thing with myself, man, because I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm uh, creating a business just like you. And, you know, there's like, I got free time on the weekends, you know, where I'm not with the kids or I'm not with the wife. And I'm like, I could watch TV or I could work on my business, right? Or I could read a book or I could watch, I could work on my business, right? And so like, but I think that question is always in the back of your head. So it's like just kind of striking like the delicate balance of being totally engaged and immersed in your business, but then also like having a fulfilling life outside of that as well. At least that that's for me. I don't know if it's the same for you or not. Well, I'm lucky because, yeah, um, I'm at a stage where my kids are out of the nest. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, my girlfriend also. My girlfriend also played an instrumental role into the company as the VP talent culture. Okay. So we live, we live that together. She's, she understands why, and I understand why. She works more than me sometimes. It's like an adventure, and we're at that stage in life. Uh, and, and also we can, you know, it's easier or so. We, we just flew back from two weeks in, in Florida. We decided we're going to be working from there. I don't have kids at school very easy to do. Uh, we are going back in, um, in two weeks in Mexico for a week of vacation. So we, we work hard, we play hard. Uh, but um, yeah, it's very important too, because stress can be very, very uh, difficult to, 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 to make sure that you don't overwork. But but me, it's not the work. You know, especially I'm, I'm not an indie man. I prefer working on my business and trying to repair something. In fact, my girlfriend doesn't want me to repair anything because it always don't end up worse. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like me. I'm I'm good at fixing uh, like um, white collar things, but if I go to fix something in the house, it's going to be twice as broke as when I touch <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, I feel you there. <laughs> so so let's let's go a little bit back. Let's go back in the journey a little bit. So. You know, how did you build the company? So you don't have a tech background. You come from a financial background, right? You don't have a, a sales background, really, per se. It's that financial side. So how did you grow the company from zero to a million? I started with uh, a grand vision, and I bet the farm on that's what would happen. Um, and the grand vision was really simple. In 2009, I was already an e-commerce uh, client buying a lot of stuff on Amazon. And um, to me, it was obvious that your swim club could not survive if uh, 
uh, they were not moving in that direction. Um, think about it, even today, you've got kids, much easier to buy anything in addition to your door than trying to find a swim class and register your kid, which you think about it, it's mind blowing because you live so, in a city. So can for, I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you on this real quick? Yeah. So I've lived that and my wife will be like trying to register like our kids for a camp or a class and it's an abomination. Like it's just the worst experience, like keeps timing out. Like it's clearly made with like popsicle sticks and duct tape. So anyways, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that with you because, you know, my wife doesn't swear a lot or she's really frustrated. So I imagine that happens all the time. Yeah, well, that's the state of the of the of the industry. Well, what you experience is what people experience everywhere. Okay, and you think about it; it's totally unacceptable when when we're in 2022 and you can buy everything online and having shipped to your door. You can use your Uber app, and you know <laughs> you can do everything now. But uh, trying to re- to to book a tennis court to go play tennis with your friend, good luck. <laughs> impossible. You think about it, if you live in a community, one of the reasons we live in a community is to, for that participation. I want to be involved in the circuit club. I want, to, you know, I want to be doing stuff. Well, it's impossible to do. So that's what we created in the year 2009. The vision was pretty simple. It has to be Amazon. It has to be an e-commerce platform. It has to reach out to those people buying online. The same concept. Um, I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> But it turns out it's much more complex, and that's why it does not exist. We're the only platform that exists. Uh, we kind of created the Shopify of activities. So Shopify created technology for the small merchant. We're creating the same thing for activity-based providers, which are everywhere in your community. From those are, yeah, so those are like YMCA's, soccer clubs, park districts, all, all different companies like that, correct? Well, think, think about that. Uh, after school program, uh, we have on the platform driving school. Hey, get the oh, wow. Okay, school. driving school too. Yeah. So- we even have Canine Academy on the platform. Oh, cool. But Doug take classes. So how the- did you how did you get that then? Because it, it sounds like a pretty complex platform. So how long did it take you to go from zero to one? Like how many years? Zero to one, uh, two to three years. Maybe okay. three to four years, three to four years, I would say, and because was- we really, we really focus in Quebec, starting okay. to build that platform, the concept behind it, which is game changer, does not exist. And when I started, and I was going to see a gymnastic club, uh, telling them, I'm going to give you a store, a card, a checkout. They go like, what? I don't need that. I'm not a merchant. I'm like, hey, hey you're a merchant. You're just selling something different. You might not be looking to make money out of it. But your user don't care. They want to use their iPad. They want to be looking at activity. They want to search activity, find them at Monday night at 10 o'clock in their bed. They want to interact with you like they interact with anybody else. So it took us a while. And then, and that's where we've kind of made a decision that's gonna lead us to billion dollar company, but I was not that obvious. Instead of going deeper and deeper in a vertical, we went horizontal. Okay, after three gymnastic club, we tackled the after school program, and then we have to, in order to prove that the platform can be generic. So there's no point if I build a platform and the only thing you can do is to register to soccer and football in your community. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It has much more value if you reuse your profile and start interacting with Python, Rick and OMC, and da 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 So to me, it was really, really important that we go horizontal. So that's the way we started to go to the YMC and then the multi-approach plan, to up to a park and rec organization. And we've built that huge platform that can solve the issue of anybody that has an activity. And that's why when we get a driving school come to us, it works. That's why Canine Academy works. That's why the park and rec works. We've built something very generic. It took us a long time to get there, like 10 years to build, to build it along the way. Um, and, and that's why now we're really excited that uh, where we are post-pandemic on the growth we're, we're expecting, because we know it's not acceptable that these organizations like that, worse than that, they lack resources, they, they're starting to have lack, less resources to manage the organization. Well, the, the impact we've got on, on the revenue is tremendous. Yeah, like, so what kind of uptick do you see percentage-wise? We grew their business 30% that's the first awesome. two years. Think so, about it. Swim well, pool school. They do 300 a year. After two years, they're doing 400. Wow. Oh, they've, yeah. not, they've not invested anything more. We just fill in their place. It's yeah, sure. Easy. The swim class, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock swim class for boys uh, 12 years old are full and are worth a lot. But uh, the 4 o'clock might be nobody in there. We just increase their usage. Think about the same concept of an hotel. If you don't fill in your pool today, you're, you lost money. That's, I, so let me ask you this. What's the single best way to grow revenue for a platform as a service kind of like your solution? That's a good question. I, I, think, I think product land would be the best. Uh, where, where, and and you know, word of mouth in my case. I'll give you an example. So we've been working only on the on the organization side. So I've got mm -hmm. a thousand organization, and a thousand might seem a lot, but it's like nothing. There's about half a million in the U.S. that we can tackle. Wow. We've got 60 park and rec. There's 30,000 in the U.S. It's huge, huge, huge market. Nobody see it. Nobody cares about it until you interact with it. Um, so, so word of mouth and, um, is going to be very, very important in product land because reaching out to those people, all those people is very, very difficult. Um, so out of the thousand organization that's equal about five to 10,000 admin. We are, but we have 5 million unique user profiles on the platform and that's the user that drives the adoption. That's the user that goes to the soccer club and goes like, Come on, have to up, show up in person Thursday night with a form and a check. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? And then I'm, <laughs> I'm getting at the counter and they look at me, sorry, we're full. <laughs> well, that's the state of the, hey? So we're gonna be starting to enable more of those, those users to start having them push. Uh, and that's why we got the first 60 parking record in the US because those executive director were really early adopter and they say, hey, I have to serve my customer. It's all about serving my citizens. My citizen doesn't want to call me to book something. My citizen expect me to be like Amazon, like all of those sites. Okay? And, and, and this is where the market is going. But the user is really key for us. Okay, yeah, I can see that. There's tons of opportunities and there's great use, use cases. I mean, that's how Slack got 97% of their users. Dropbox added 35% month-over-month month growth. 
from user-led referral programs. So there's some really cool things you could do there. So I love that. Um, we're just about up on time. So I, I think this was, this was awesome, you know, in your approach for a platform as a service and how you decided to go, not just start off kind of vertically and then you shifted horizontally. I think that's great and it's spread and then you're hitting at both ends at the top and at the bottom, um, enterprise and product-like growth. So I think that's pretty cool as well. So so let's do a quick, just kind of, um, just quick rundown of the episode. So for you, like who's your favorite founder that you follow or enjoy um, their work? Hmm. I will probably disappoint you there. I, I don't follow a lot of people. I, I don't have uh, people that uh, I, I kind of, I, I don't have any of them. Uh, what you could say if until a while you meet that person, I would go like, okay. But what a funny, a funny, a funny story. I've got uh, I'm close to a, a big bank here, very close to the banker. And um, they've been watching the company. They think the company will go public and they're helping me raise a specific amount of money. And two years ago, he invited me to a dinner. So I have no clue. I, it's the summer. I've got my shorts and a t-shirt. And uh, go to the place, it's on the 44th floor of the bank, which is their private restaurant. And I'm like, oh, people are all dressed up. And they were, and I get into their, their room and there's all people, all those people. And the guy comes and starts talking. And I'm like, I have no clue who's that guy. Turns out he was the CEO of the bank. And mm -hmm. uh, I had a really great chat with that guy. But I... I don't, I would lie to you if I say I'm following that <laughs> it's guy. Okay. It's okay. So, all right. So um, how about like, do you have a, a favorite podcast or show that you watch or listen to? No, yeah. either. You're so focused on the business. Okay. That's fine. I, yeah, I, I had a kind of probably an attention deficit. Um, I might start with listening to the podcast and then I go like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a good reader neither. It's kind of, well, I can probably it doesn't fit the mold at all. That's I, okay, I report man. and after uh, two chapters, I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. I'm tired. So you're a doer, man. You spend most of your time executing. Well, I, you know what? I think what would most describe me, I hired the best people at their job and I let them do it. I know nothing about them. I know nothing about nothing. And my whole purpose in life is to build a business where I can play golf all the time and, and be rich out of it. Okay? That's kind of weird. I don't have an ego. I don't. Have, I don't care. I'm building something that's going to be big, that's going to be sustainable. I I love my my employee. They love Amelia. We're all in the same boat. Other than that, I'm not going to listen to a podcast on sale because that's not my job. I don't care. Right. Hire someone for that. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So, what advice would you give your 20 year old self then? Go in business faster. You know, uh, that's 13 years ago. I was 41 years old. I should have gone in business. I should be having more entrepreneurial than I was. Even meaning that instead of going to work at the case of Depot, so I got a master in finance and a CFA, I should have driven to New York and go, yeah, go big. Go big, yeah. Oh. Love that, man. All right, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah. Were you finishing up? No, well, that's, that's kind of, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's great insight. And um, it's funny because I've thought that about myself as well. I'm like, I should have started earlier. Like I should have started like three or five years earlier. Like, um, 
but uh, sometimes you don't realize that until it's in the rearview mirror, right? No. So, so where can people find more about you, Francois? Where can they find out more about Amelia? Um, well, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. Yeah, well, definitely on our website, Amelia.com, especially if you you think uh, you can bring us a lot of value as uh, in marketing and sales. We're looking for people like anybody else. Uh, we are on LinkedIn. We publish a lot of content on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, inquire. If people want to know about us, reach out to us. Uh, we are really, really nice people at Amelia. We love to um, to help the community. We love to help each other. There's only one. At Amelia, we define ourselves as a million. We have our own uh, uh, icon. I would say not icon, but the right word. But, um, and, and there's only one word you have to remember if you're in a million. It's care. At Amelia, we care. We care to do the right thing. That's excellent. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. It was it was great hearing your perspective, and I love the uh, the journey that you have. It's completely different than uh, any, I think anybody else I've interviewed. So it was, it was uh, awesome to hear your perspective and your your vision. And I know you guys will do well. Well, you know, thank you very much for the chance to talking uh, with you, um, and and watch for uh, Emilia coming to your town one day and have your wife saying, "Oh, I just had the best experience in my life." Company <laughs> called Emilia. And you'll say, I know that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, awesome. Thanks, Francois. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.